other professional athletes have come out as advocates for cannabis after their careers are over, but I'm still, still competing avidly. Hey guys, hello from the podcast where we talk about marijuana legalization and how it's changing Americans' lives. Today we're talking about sports, not my expertise, but that's why today I am interviewing Teal Stetson Lee, one of the first professional athletes, if not the first female professional athlete, to take on a really risky sponsorship from a cannabis company. While a lot of athletes post-career have come out in support of pot, from fighter Ronda Rousey to NFL quarterback Jake Plummer to former NBA all-star Cliff Williams, most of them have ended their careers. They're done, not teal. Teal is a Reno-based professional mountain biker who's won a variety of national championships and races, and she is in the thick of her career and definitely still competing. She bombs down muddy mayhem and weaves between trees and rocks and probably does a lot of tricks that would make you pee your pants if you were just watching. Her latest stunt, though, is a career leap. For Teal, agreeing to sponsorship from a cannabis company is a huge risk, not only because, hello, drug testing is still a thing, even in mountain biking, but she's in her career prime, and she could risk losing her financial support from her other sponsors, and they buy her important things like, you know, bikes, really expensive ones. I mean, I wouldn't risk it. She's asked herself, is it worth it to set a precedent for other athletes? If there's one thing that you're going to learn about Teal, though, she lives for the adrenaline rush of doing something that a lot of us would not. She's a trailblazer through and through. My name is Teal Stetson Lee. I'm 31 and I am a professional mountain biker. Awesome. Um, And I think I saw on your website that you're named after a duck. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> not the story? not the color, but the duck. Yes. My parents found my name in a bird book. Um, and they used to be outward bound instructors in Minnesota. So they had a lot of blue winged teals out on the lakes with them. And uh, so it had a sentimental component to it. Um, and actually there's there's five different types of teal ducks. There's the cinnamon teal, which you can actually find here in Nevada. There's the blue wing teal, the green wing teal, the backle teal, and the marble teal. And then there's the you teal. And then there's the me teal, or maybe <laughs> the cinnamon teal, since I'm a redhead. Yeah. Teal didn't actually start mountain biking until she was in college, but she immediately started winning competitions. While she has never been a stoner per se, she has always been aware of the rules of her field when it comes to cannabis. Certain races test for it, others don't. Teal does smoke pot recreationally, and she also uses CBD oil, which is a cannabis-based oil used for medical purposes. While some people use it for seizures or glaucoma or chronic pain management, she uses it mostly for bruises and cuts and other aches on her body. Either way, it's not something that she has advertised up until this point. Whenever there are stigmas in place, there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of fear, and people are unwilling to explore what's really going on. So if I can take a platform that says, this is a little risky, this is a little controversial, but I am advocating for medicinal use as well as recreational use, let's talk about it. Um, I think that has some power. There are states I go to where it's still not, um, not even remotely on the table yet. Even in those states... Utah. Perhaps. Yes, certainly, certainly. Yeah. And But even in those states, I would say that the mountain bike community is still very receptive 
to the conversation and that it, as a lifestyle concept, it fits, um, it fits that demographic very well. So let's take a hot minute to talk about what the mountain biking lifestyle is. So mountain biking is essentially riding bikes with treaded tires off-road in the mountains, on trails, um, in rock gardens, in the woods, in the high desert, really just getting out into, you know, the wild, uh, the wild nature around us on bicycles. It's a great way for people to get out and see, see the, the beautiful landscapes around them, um, without being on some kind of motorized vehicle or hiking. Mountain biking as a professional athlete means that I compete professionally at the highest level, um, sometimes internationally with other professional mountain bikers. And there's a variety of different types of racing that mountain biking, different forms that it takes. I was going to say, do they clear the paths more or less or are they completely cleared? Like, do you run in are, are there rocks and yes. logs and yes. that sort of thing? Yes, all of the above. Yes. Before we talk about Teal's latest sponsorship, let's talk about what a sponsorship actually means. To a lot of us, it just means that you wear a tight, breathable shirt that has some funky design and some big company's logo on it. You're a walking advertisement. For athletes, though, there's a whole lot more to it. Sponsorships are pretty crucial um, just to allow athletes to be able to do what they do, to travel to all these races, pay for entry fees, um, and also for just gaining just a general platform of support, even with promotional purposes. So uh, sponsorship has always been a part of my career since the very beginning, and I've been paired with a variety of different sponsors across the board. Most of them are cycling specific. And uh, sponsorship has certainly allowed me to have a career for eight years. There's no way I could afford to do this sport otherwise. Sponsorship usually involves product and financial support. Sometimes it's only product support, but both is obviously ideal. Most of Teal's sponsorships have been bicycle companies. They provide her, among other things, bikes. Her most expensive asset by far, besides her body, of course. How many bikes do you go through in a year? So generally speaking, I have anywhere from, I'd say, three to four bikes that I compete on in a year. Um, but I have many more bikes than that just because I love bicycles. <laughs> kind <laughs> of ends up being something that I collect <laughs> a How bit. Oh, uh, boy. I, oh, great question. Um, I have a small garage that's completely full of my bicycles. And I think my last count was up somewhere around mm, 14 to 15 bikes. Wow. And that's, you know, that, that's including a cruiser bike, a, a town bike, two cyclocross bikes, road bikes, a few different types of mountain bikes, a dirt jumper, a BMX bike. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variety that you can have for bicycles. Yeah. Oh. I, I just love bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> um, and bikes are not cheap either. What I mean, how much is a bike... I guess they all cost differently. They do. They do. But I would say that if you're talking about high level competition mountain bikes, these days they run anywhere from ten to twelve thousand dollars. Which is insane. And that's another reason why sponsorship is pretty important, especially at the professional level, yeah. because there is a significant difference with high end mountain bikes versus something that would be less competitive, more recreational. 
But for all the recreational mountain bike users out there, there's a lot of great mountain bikes that you can still get on for much cheaper than 10 to 12 grand. You can get a great bike for anywhere from one to $2,000. Yeah. I was going to say that it's not like sponsoring like a swimmer. We have to get like the cap, you know, <laughs> right. which is like two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. The equipment tends to be a little cheaper Keep in their that feet sport. and hands in shape. <laughs> in April, Teal took on a new sponsor, Kind, spelled K-Y-N-D. It's a cannabis company based here in Sparks, Nevada, just outside of Reno, that provides both medical and recreational marijuana products to about 30 dispensaries in Nevada. The facility makes everything from pre-rolls or joints to oils that are used in edible products, such as gummies and drinks. I would say that in general, it's definitely unprecedented. It's pretty abnormal because it's risky, because it still is a controversial product, and there's a lot of information that people are still learning about it, and athletes who have other sponsorships um, are hesitant to get involved with cannabis brands because it puts their other support in jeopardy. Other professional athletes have come out as advocates for cannabis after their careers are over, but I'm still still competing avidly. So it sounds like you didn't have, you hesitate. Was there a part of you that was like, oh, this is cannabis and it's a little... Yes. I mean, I should say, I, there were, I mean, I say yes enthusiastically now, but I will tell you that I, I was pretty calculated with my decision and it probably took me about... Uh, anywhere from two to three weeks to uh, make the official decision that I was ready to move forward on this um, for a variety of reasons, but um, most notably because cannabis is still a controversial uh, product. And um, there's a lot of people that are, you know, kind of have black or, black or white feelings about it um, on one side of the fence or the other. So as a professional athlete and having the platform to uh, the platform that I am given in that position, it's very, very strategic for me to move forward with things that I align myself with. So yeah, I was, I was um, a little hesitant only because I wanted to make sure that I could do it well and represent this company and stay true to all of the other things that I represent. I did make the decision because I chose, I felt that Kind Cannabis, what they were trying to do is very much in line with who I am, which is bringing to the forefront a conversation that needs to be had. And in the realm of athletics, I think it's very important. And and uh, cannabis is on the banned substance list for most sports, including mountain biking, Um USADA and WADA, which are the anti-doping agencies, do test for THC. And um, I've kind of launched into doing a lot more research on all of that and finding out what those parameters are. And I'm very interested in meeting with those governing bodies. That's a, a top list priority for me to have bigger conversations about the direction that they're going in as this uh, reality with cannabis being legalized is evolving the way we actually launched our partnership was Kind Cannabis sponsored a poster for me that I took over to a large event that's called the Sea Otter Bicycle Classic. And it's the largest outdoor cycling expo in the United States. And there's a variety of racing that happens over there as well, mountain bike, road. Um, And I decided to kind of test the waters with this poster. So 
they paid for the po- the photo shoot and the printing and I took this poster and we made this amazing amazing poster of me writing a few different renditions of it and I signed probably 170 posters over at Sea Otter and down in the corner of the poster it said sponsored by Kind Cannabis so anybody who took a close look would notice and uh, and I it ended up sparking a lot of great conversation because most people, I would say probably 99% of the conversations I had were positive. So I, I, the main concerns that came up were from parents um, who had kids that looked up to me as a role model and they wanted to know, you know how I was going to move forward strategically and um, maintain a platform of not encouraging youth to utilize cannabis and uh, have it as this adult product. Um, and, but I had some great conversations with them and I think I, for the most part, I made a lot of parents feel comfortable about what I was doing because I am not an advocate whatsoever for youth use of cannabis. It's an adult product similar to alcohol. And, uh, my platform definitely is focusing on the medicinal benefits of cannabis, which is huge for a lot of athletes that are struggling with injuries and muscle soreness and, all different types of conditions. Were your were all of your other sponsors cool too? With they were, yeah, they were, and that was a, a, a slightly surprising, but also um, given what I've been noticing as I've been feeling feeling it out in the in the cycling industry, uh, I guess it kind of made sense. Um, but I called all of them prior to signing on the dotted line with Kyan Cannabis to be completely transparent and let them know that I was going to be pursuing this avenue. I wasn't so much asking for permission as I was informing them that I was making this decision in my career because this fits with who I am and what I'm trying to represent. And they all supported me 100%. All of them said, that's very fascinating that you're going down this road, should be a really interesting adventure. We can't wait to hear how things play out, and we're excited to be a part of it. Since taking on the new sponsor, not much has changed for Teal's career, other than she's had a lot of conversations with fellow athletes. There is one other change. She's definitely been using more cannabis products. Kind Cannabis sponsors me with financial support as well as products. And the primary products that I use and focus on are their CBD products. The CBD is the, mo- the medicinal c- cannabis line. And those products are just so incredible for muscle soreness and uh, injuries, which unfortunately I have rather frequently. I do tend to crash a lot. That's a part of this discipline. Um, I try not to, but it ends up being part of the learning curve sometimes and the training. I saw the photo of you with your entire face just like yes, pus filled. And yes, like, yes, I very, I know that's a very like, dramatic photo. Ouch. Yes, that was that was a crash that I had about five years ago, and I went over the handlebars and landed on my face, and uh, it knocked me unconscious actually. But that was probably one of my worst crashes that I've had. But I still have, you know, fairly frequent small crashes here and there. And I'm always getting bumped and bruised and having products like the Kind Cannabis makes an awesome CBD anti-inflammatory cream that I rub on different bruises or sore muscles. And previously I've used uh, ointments like Arnica oil, which is pretty effective. And the CBD... 
uh, salve is equally as, as potent. I'm still learning a lot about all of this. This has been a new path for me that I'm launching down, and my hope is to find out more information about the testing around cannabis, what's accepted, what's not, what fits with athletes, what doesn't. But to stay on the safe side right now, it's the CBD products that that I'm advocating for the most in terms of my own personal use and consumption. Do you have off-seasons where, I mean, we now have a state where recreational is okay. Um, I mean, do you partake when it's, when you, do, do you have an off season or? Yes. Yes. I mean, my official off season is usually in February and March. Um, but as I mentioned, enduro racing is not currently being drug tested. So technically I have this whole window for my mountain bike season, which is March all the way until the beginning of September, um, where I'm not being drug tested. But Marijuana is not something that I use heavily. Um, it's more for me a kind of like either the medicinal piece of it is what I'm interested in or using it in moderation similar to using alcohol um, as an adult and making responsible choices around that. So I don't have an issue with the recreational piece of it either. I do view it as a, as a, lifestyle, um, a lifestyle drug. Um, that needs to be used responsibly and there needs to be excessive regulations around it similar to alcohol so that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. A lot of outdoor sports, um, people kind of assume like, you know, you're going to out in the nature and you might smoke a joint before, you know, you surf or you climb or whatever. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, you know, whether that's something that, you know, you eliminate from... Mountain biking sounds pretty dangerous, so I imagine you probably want to be totally clear-headed, but maybe that's an assumption. I mean, like, do you ever mix those, I guess, outdoors? Personally, I, I do not in the, with mountain biking. Um, you're completely right. Mountain biking is pretty dangerous, and being sharp and focused, especially the type of mountain biking I do, which is a bit more extreme, no. No, I do not use any cannabis or anything that would alter my... Um, alter my mind state when I'm, when I'm riding, training, competing, any of that. Um, but some people do, um, more recreational users, I would say some people find it to enhance their experience. It allows them to get out and see the world in a different way. And, uh, I mean, humans really since the beginning of time have sought out mind altering experiences. In fact, exercise and doing sports in general actually kind of creates a mind-altering experience. So for some people to mix um, cannabis use into that makes sense for some people, Um, not for myself personally. Another thing you mentioned earlier before we started talking is uh, women and kind of a bigger risk that they're taking. Or can you just talk a little bit about that, um, I guess that feeling that you've had in terms of one, women don't seem to be as present in the conversation within the industry. And two, as an athlete, you know, if that, I think you'd said it's somewhat of a bigger risk within, within your profession or. Yes. Well, it's something I'm, I'm exploring through my own position right now, but I would say, um, I am in a completely male dominated sport 
and the type of mountain biking I do is even more male-dominated than other mountain bike disciplines because it's so extreme. And one of the reasons for that is there is a tendency for women to be a bit more risk-adverse, and it's scary for them to jump into some of these extreme sports and uh, feel, first of all, welcomed and comfortable, and then also have the confidence to... Uh, take on something new and 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 try something that has some consequences to it. That's a huge position for me in my entire career has been helping women to discover their own power and build confidence through athletics. As that ties in with the cannabis industry, I have seen very few women coming out as advocates for cannabis who are professional athletes in a public way. Um, and I think it's comparable to what I just described, the risk-adverse uh, position that women often have. Uh, it is risky, and it takes a lot to put yourself out there, which is another reason why I'm doing this, because I not only am an advocate for women trying sports and using sports as a channel for building confidence, but in general, I am an advocate for women trying risky, exciting new things that help them to develop a sense of self through unique channels. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Jenny Kane, host and producer of The Podcast, brought to you by the Reno Gazette Journal and the USA Today Network. My editors are Brian Dugan and Kelly Scott, and our podcast mentor is Shannon Green of USA Today. Thanks to Teal for sitting down with us, though I still really want to see your garage full of bikes. If you want more of the podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and then hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Next week, we'll be talking to Tick Segerbloom, a senator who is loud and proud of his ringing endorsement for pot. Oh, I mean, it was pretty common in Washington, D.C. that people smoke pot. Um... And I didn't actually do it, but I know people who smoked on top of the White House. I mean, Carter himself had a guy, uh, Peter Bourne, who was the, his um, drug czar, and he was actually working to get pot legalized. Um, and so we were very close. If Carter had been reelected, the whole history of marijuana would be different. If you guys have questions or comments or you just want to chat us up, feel free to, to email us at podcast at gannett.com. That's P-O-T-C-A-S-T at G-A-N-N-E ett.com or feel free to reach out to us and message us on our facebook page instagram or twitter there are a few podcasts out there but just look up podcast podcast also if you guys are interested in hearing more stories about people who are discussing taboo topics or trying to shed light on them give a listen to death sex and money it is one of my all-time favorite shows and they tackle everything your family wants you to shut up about at the dinner table That's all for us, folks, and be sure to tune in next week.